Yeah, I know. And it's like, it's not like a normal catch up at the minute because it's, it's kind of a case of, okay, so how depressed have you been for the last six yeah. <laughs> How bad are things for you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I, I'm in like the end of the world. Oh, well, I'm in the end of the world, but in a black hole. All oh, right. <laughs> <Yeah. cool. laughs> like Monty Python, just like really kind of like existential Monty Python. Yeah. <laughs> and also, it's been, the, the UK has been made all of a sudden massive. Because now it's like, how are things up there? How are things down there? Yeah. And like before it was like, oh, it's all just like England, isn't it? It's like, it's just, you can drive it. It's more than a state. Yeah. Know? And but then like, now oh, it's shit, like, what's happening in Liverpool? Yeah, like, what, how are things up there? All the what time way. is it there? What's, what's the climate <laughs> like down there? <laughs> Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Who the Fuck is Delia? The podcast that uncovers the plight of the creative who might not just yet be so successful that they're murderer is apologizing 40 years after their death their murderer yeah have you seen this no john lennon's killer has apologized uh 40 years later to to yoko ono hang on Um, do we know who john lennon's killer is mark chapman oh so it's not like it's not like the guy who killed the president who like we don't know who it is oh no we do know that is as well don't we i don't think that's we're getting in heavy before we've even started (laughs) um but how mad is that you know what to talk about this intro i'm going to introduce our guest first because i feel like you know he might want to get in on this chat so this week obviously shell's here because you know shell's here and um by the magic of zoom and you know that those stocks just keep rising um (laughs) we're joined by a drummer who we've had the great privilege of playing with through function stuff and our own stuff. Mm-hmm. It is Dave Dormsby Ormsby. <laughs> the official title. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you your full name. Do you know that you get Dormsby? Uh, yeah, I've had it I've had it a couple times um, oh. from people. Like, I think lovingly, like mostly lovingly anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I know it is from you guys, but like, yeah, it's just one of those things where I'm kind of like, okay, was, was that nice or do you just really hate me? <laughs> Hey, Dormsby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how they say it, being nice. Yeah. Well. <laughs> right. um, but, you know, like in the same way that like Tom Segura has that joke where his dad meets a black guy and say, and he goes, oh, I work with a black guy. Yeah. Like that. Mm. Um, you guys are from Liverpool. Oh. John Lennon and that, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I, I don't. Do you know who John Lennon is, Cheryl? I know who John Lennon is. <laughs> I do know who John Lennon is. Was, I didn't sorry. know that we knew who his killer was. So, because yeah. he was, I, I like, I've known it's weird. Like, I kind of go into weird, like, Netflix and like Wikipedia holes. I think if I'm just lying in bed at like one in the morning and like trying nice. to get asleep, and like so many times I'll end up just reading up on like serial killers or something like that in <laughs> yeah. just, you know, like in a disturbingly casual way where I'm like, ooh, <laughs> like that looks a bit interesting. And I'll just kind of. Yeah have to read through everything um yeah so i've I kind of read a little bit because he got it all from was it like was it catcher in the rye was it that yeah yeah, yeah. i that, thought catcher in the rye was the president's one yeah they're both both of them both that's of why them that's, they were both found the, the book was found either in their apartment or in the glove compartment of the car or some shit wasn't it it <sighs> both the, hurt the sales then or did that make them go up because no, it could have gone one of the like I, yeah I, I that's giving it, it like off. cult like, yeah but you know, like I'm, I like I'm still halfway through catching the rye, like four years on. Yeah, I, I just can't it. finish it. 
don't because so you'll go out and murder someone apparently <laughs> <laughs> i think maybe these people have been trying to read catcher in the rye for so long because i started it too and i'm like i can't get through this fucking book you're so angry <laughs> yeah. you have to go out and kill someone god damn it <laughs> it just so happened that the person that the first person they saw was of high esteem you know the print yeah, like yeah. jfk and <laughs> john lennon um but anyway yeah so there you go he said sorry i mean did he apologize to her or like yeah. over the internet i think oh i don't know i suppose it's a letter like you know like an open letter yeah. um okay. why why Could i don't you- know i just think that it's just quite poetic isn't it you know like she goes to jail it's like a movie she goes into the jail. He requests to see her, and then she's like, "He's like, I'm so sorry." Oh, it was it was on it was at a parole hearing. Ooh. Oh, he's he's been denied parole fi- uh, eleven times. Oh, that doesn't count. That's literally the only reason he's apologising. Uh, well, to someone who doesn't like the Beatles in quotation marks, she's taking this pretty to heart. I thought you'd be Mark Chapman's biggest fan. No, I. Ju- <laughs> Let's move on from that. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so Dave, thanks very much for coming on to the pod. Oh, thanks for having me. My pleasure. We've been uh, we've been meaning to get you on for a very long time, and I even think you've been mentioned on this podcast a few times. Oh, really? Um, I think Definitely. so. Yeah, like you Ooh, know, we have read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we owe you some royalties for that. <laughs> um, but like, obviously, we know who you are. But in regards to how you would sort of sell yourself as a as a musician don't how, sell how would, yourself well, that's not, not sell yourself but <laughs> i'm gonna but sell like, myself out i'm gonna do it. i'm gonna go too hard <laughs> well, how, do, how do you how do you just because basically i like to to get the, the the sort of scoop on from people on this uh in this part where they introduce themselves on like how you would explain yourself to someone's mum and they go what what is it that you do and you go well i play drums like, <laughs> so what is it that you do? I mean, you yeah, that is right. I do just play <laughs> drums, but um, yeah, no, I kind of just regard myself as a as just as a session drummer, really. Um, I do, you know, uh, studio work, live work, just bits of everything, really. I do, uh, you know, some bits of teaching as well, privately, um, and yeah, it's um, it's it is weird, kind of when you get asked to some something up that's kind of like your entire life it's kind of a bizarre <laughs> yeah. thing because it's kind of like you know it's at the same time it's like it is it is your job to an extent but like i guess for people like ourselves and a lot of other people it's it is your entire like world so yeah. it's it's a weird thing to kind of like have to like narrow it down into a sentence but yeah just just drums like it's it's been that way since i was about <laughs> 10 and it's pretty much like stayed that way and like it's it's weird because I, I always i always kind of dislike saying you know oh like i am a studio drummer a live drummer or this drummer or that drummer or whatever and i just kind of just like say it's i just kind of end up saying yeah drums just yeah. just drums really but is is it just me or are people never satisfied like yeah, if somebody's like enough. if somebody's like oh what what do you do and they're like oh i'm an accountant you're like sweet cool but if somebody's like what do you do and you're like i'm a drummer the conversation never ends there it's, yeah, it's yeah, ne- yeah like they're always like yeah but okay so like what do you do like yeah. you know and you're like yeah, oh, like what why? exactly who have you played with how many tracks have you played on <laughs> yeah. have you been in the charts have you done yeah you're right it is so weird because if someone said like i'm an accountant you're kind of like okay what departments and like how many people <laughs> yeah, do you work exactly. under and where are your offices like it's yeah. such What's your a favorite weird number follow-up. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's you like never asked that yeah, it's it is really weird, but like I guess it's kind of a 
I, it's kind of a nice thing, I guess, because I guess mm. for a lot of people, these, it's kind of this extra interest in exactly what you do, you know, especially to people who aren't in the music industry. They seem to really kind of enjoy chatting about these things because I guess mm. to, to a lot of people, you know, a lot of what we do are hobbies and stuff. So I think when they see people actually kind of making a success out of it, there's this kind of like a thing thing in their head of like okay well how like you know how like how that, how yeah. do you do that and you know why do you do that it's i mean to be of, honest i'm asking myself that question still every day i'm like how do i do this yeah, I know. yeah more, more so lately just every morning <laughs> lying in bed just like how, how what am i going to do this for another day <laughs> do you ever do that when you buy like an expensive bit of equipment that is like a, you know yeah okay maybe it's a little bit nice that i'm buying this new thing but also like it's my career so yeah. i am investing in it but then you're like how am i buying this like yeah. 12 year old <laughs> me is looking at me going what are you doing <laughs> i know like how? you should have a house by now like what are you yeah. doing <laughs> yeah you know what you should do when someone says like when you go i like I, I, i'm a drummer i play drums and they go and they go oh so like but what do you do and you're like well and then rather than explain and go, yeah. I play with so-and-so and I do this, you go the opposite way and you go, all right, so it's this these circular wooden <laughs> things and then you stretch like it and then I've got a wooden stick and you and there's this thing called music. <laughs> you just kind of like, I'm only complicating it. I'm only complicating it. <laughs> <laughs> just be good patronizing. Yeah. They're like, so, okay, so drumming is hitting. How do you earn money from that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So but, you mentioned, yeah. Uh, you mentioned the, the whole at the moment phrase mm. um how are things at the moment because we are what? post and also pre-potential lockdown <laughs> yeah just like it's kind of like eye of the storm like the last yeah. few days has definitely been a bit eye of the storm because it's kind of like i think everyone was on a bit of a track to being like oh, okay it's happening like it's it's things are opening up again and then it was just kind of like you can sense that that's about to take probably a pretty sharp downturn <laughs> so everyone's in this weird like peaceful kind of thing at the minute that like is just uh, just i think it's just worry yeah. and dread but like that's it you you worry you've got this like layer of worry but just fuck all you can do about it so you, you just sort of like sit yeah, yeah that was kind of it's you know what like f I, I can't find a better way to say it but the last six but like six seven months now weirdly have been some of like the happiest kind of most creative times for me and yeah. it's it's weird because at the back of your head you're kind of like there's like this little door that if you open it for a second it's just like screams and like ghosts <laughs> flying around everywhere and you like just peek in every now and again you're like nope <laughs> but um but generally like the rest of my brain is you know what like so i'm i'm really fortunate that um me and uh, my dad most mostly my dad I say, when i say me and my dad i mean 99% 0.9% my dad 1% yeah. me making cups of tea um but yeah. like we basically built uh, a home drum studio uh, at, at the start of the year yeah so it's something that i wanted to do for a long time because i'd kind of been making the move towards more studio based stuff over the last couple of years anyway because i just had a lot more love for it and was just really really enjoying it and the work kind of kept coming so it's something i wanted to do for a long time and obviously as a drummer it's hard because it's not it's not like you know plug one lead into a laptop kind of thing it's you know it's 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 such a bit just finding somewhere where you can make that much noise is a bit of a bit of a nightmare but anyway we we, we did it literally the week before lockdown pretty much we finished the studio um oh. so when this whole thing started i was like well you're never gonna have a better excuse to basically get this thing off the ground so i literally was just 
pretty much every single day, you know, from morning till night, just down. Uh, it literally is in my basement. That's why it's got the most unoriginal name, the basement. Um, <laughs> I literally would just get up, have breakfast and go down, work in there till the evening and come upstairs and, and you know, ha- have dinner, go to sleep, do it again. And uh, and now it's like a full-time thing. It's become a full-time thing. And it has actually, like, when I saw all like my live work for the year ago and everything, that was a big worry. But the, you know, the people who have come into the studio and uh who have used all you know me doing remote stuff it's great because it's kind of meant that i've still had an income over the last six totally. months which has been you know obviously that's so so lucky like I, I think about that probably every day like when i'm down yeah. here yeah. i'm literally just like wow like that is so fortunate yeah. but i mean i was yeah. gonna mention the, the basement because um that's not something that i sort of i see you on 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 social media and stuff moving mm. towards that and like it like it feels like you've been doing it for longer than pre like a week before lockdown but then it just probably is testament to how long lockdown felt and it was and how you know that we our sort of sense of time is all warped yeah but it really looks like a a fully sort of function i know it's a fully functional business but i mean like <laughs> it looks like you've been doing it for a long time and that it's underway and it's refined and it's you know, clearly defined as well. Yeah. Oh, um, thanks, thanks, man. It's it really isn't. I can absolutely guarantee every, <laughs> everyone that it isn't. But like, yeah, it's um, that's that's my kind of thing. Is yeah, like I got it. It's weird because it's not. You know, there's so many elements to it that, you know, the the size of the room that the drums are in and and the way I kind of do a lot of the recording stuff. Like, it's weird. It's kind of just how I've self-taught and learned how to do mm. a lot of it. And it's kind of making making do with the space that I've got, you know. So obviously with drums, ideally people want bigger, op- more open spaces, but it's kind of hard for a lot of people. In you know, you've got to make do with whatever you've got. And this yeah. is when we moved into, we moved into this house, me and my girlfriend Amber, uh, about pretty much just over a year ago. And we fa- we had this space. And we were like, you know, I got my dad in. And we had fa- looked at the basement. And we were like, right, okay, we can do this. Mm. And we got I got a lot of help from other musicians who had done similar things with drum rooms and stuff. Um, I spoke to Mike Halls from Clean Cut Kid quite yeah. a lot about it because he has a very, very similar setup in his. And I was like, well, you know, that that's great. You know, I know I can do it. And yeah, the rest has just been learning as I've gone. Like I said, like having six months to sit down and, you know, work out, okay, well, this is what this does. And if I want to try and record this type of sound, I can do this. And having those days to to do all that, you know, relatively kind of pressure-free was amazing. So, you know, I remember just going onto YouTube and trying to research different miking techniques and whatever, and yeah. just trying to make them all work. And yeah, it was, um, it was, it was, be- and it still is just like a good learning experience. And social media has been amazing. Like that's, you know, th- through stuff like Instagram, that's where 90% of my work has really? come from. Yeah, oh, literally so just, good. just putting like videos out and showing people, okay, I can do this sound. I can, you know, I did this or that or whatever. And most most of the people I've worked with have all got in touch through that, and they've just oh, you know just sent me messages, and it's been it's yeah it's it's weird like you think this obviously it's it's got its downsides and stuff social media, but in terms of free advertising and it's 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 all down to you. It's not like there's a a format on Instagram. For this is how yeah. you advertise. It's kind of like how how can you get across your product? And yeah, I mean that that means the world to me if you guys are saying that you know it looks 
it looks polished and it does refined. It's basically <laughs> it just, it's me running around like on fire most <laughs> most days, just like having breakdowns about how bad things sound or whatever. But yeah, it's all no, about bet, like go on. I was going to say it's all about mm. not showing people that side and being like, of course, this is great. This was my first take, and I'm like yeah. <laughs> a, a week into recording one part, just like crying. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's literally what you say all the time, isn't it? You're like, it's just how you like you. You're just like how you come across the whole time it's like you feel like i think that's what gives you a little bit of imposter syndrome as well because you're just like you feel like you're faking it when you look at your instagram <laughs> and then yeah. you're like oh no but i guess actually i am doing that stuff like that i am you but you don't feel like you are because in the backgrounds you're kind of like yeah like balancing a million plates in the air trying to get it all sorted but i think you just don't realize that everybody else does that like everybody yeah. else is also doing that even people who are in great positions are still running around getting shit sorted and that's what you know that's well what I was going to say that what I was going to say before which this kind of leads on to is you were saying like you do you do what you can with the space you're given and things like that and I think that doing what you can with the space that you've got is what gives you your like unique take on what you do and sometimes that's the stuff where someone will come to you and be like oh I'm coming to you because you've got this specific sound like how the hell are you doing that and that's something that you're probably like um I don't know that's just what the room sounds like or I don't know that's that's just how it's always been like that's just the sound it creates so you know instead of having to have this you know multifunctional huge concert sized room that can do all these amazing things with your drums it's actually just knowing what your limitations are and getting better at changing your limitations that will give you your like let me go back to uni here but your USP Hmm. (laughs) yeah no I, I I literally couldn't agree more and um you know, it was weird. Like I definitely had a lot of that kind of imposter syndrome going on. And there was, there was a big worry, you know, I think I focused a lot when I started doing the studio, I was looking at all these people who were on Instagram or, you know, listening to drum sounds on records and like going, Oh my God, like, how can I do this? And like, I can, I could never do that. And this person's got this kind of setup and this thing. And I was just kind of like, yeah, but like, every it's not not just musicians but like every artist and you know outside of that realm everyone's greatest asset is themselves and that's you know that was a big turning point for me was kind of realizing okay well you know another drummer in in this room isn't going to sound the same way as me because i'm i'm hitting the drums differently to them i'm playing them differently and you're right like it develops your own sound and i think home recording and and remote recording has become so popular and has become so much more accessible for people over the last kind of decade or so that everyone's developing these more kind of distinct sounds you know and i think yeah. that's that's only good because you know it's it's only going to create more diversity in music and you know when you've got like a little home studio setup or whatever those limitations and the way that you use them they become like your biggest strengths i think totally. you know and that's the thing you know there'll, there'll be times when you know, I'll be like, oh, I can't fit like this other mic in here or something, or, you know, oh, like I can't really get this really kind of open sound or whatever. And it's kind of like, okay, well, how am I going to use this to benefit, yeah. you know, me? And, you know, when when we wanted to find uh, somewhere to, to record drums at home, obviously having a room that was very dead was weirdly something that we actively decided on because we said, you know, it's making a soundproof room. It means that, you know, we're not going to be bugging the neighbors for one. And yeah. also it's easier to fake reverb than it, I think it is to like try and make a kit sound super dead and get that sound. Totally. So, you know, we were like, there's that many room plugins, reverbs, all that kind of stuff 
it's, you know, it's, it's been a learning process and how to do that effectively and get it very natural and realistic sounding. But yeah. I've, there's been producers I've worked with over the last six months and artists and I've sent them stems and I've sent them things and I've kind of deliberately asked for their feedback. And, you know, when I've tried to get like a very open, you know, drum room sound or whatever, and th- th- it's, it's been positive and there's been a lot of people saying, okay, but, you know, maybe you could do this or maybe tweak this or whatever. And that's obviously helped. But in general, yeah. you know, it's um, it's been positive. So, yeah, I think ha- embracing those limitations and then trying to turn them into what makes you sound like you is, I think, a really important thing for people to, totally. to do. And that's like, sorry, go on. Is that like, it gives you, that's when you start getting like the first album syndrome, isn't it? Where it's like, you know, you, you did, you've done so well in this, in this room that you've created or in our little studio setup and you record everything and it's like, yeah, this sounds sick. And then you're making a good wage from it. So then you go, sweet, well now I'm going to invest in a proper room and then it all goes to shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, um, was it, you know, Paranormal Activity when that first one came out? Yeah. There was a thing about, was it Spielberg or someone saw the screening and like loads of people were like freaked out and he was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And he offered them like, he offered to like remake it because they did it on like, you know, $2,000 or something like the yeah. whole film. And he was like, I'll give you like 20 million quid and you can remake this. And I think they were like, no, like it doesn't, that's part of the charm. Yeah. What makes that film so scary is that it's like, you know, very Blair Witchy and stuff. And yeah. it's, it's those, it's those little things that just kind of, I don't know, it's it's very identifiable to you and yeah. you know yeah. that's that's only going to be a good thing i think you know it's mm. charm as well isn't it because like if you were if you were trying to get a sound that was like way beyond your means mm. so let's say you're you have a single violin and then you're trying to make a huge orchestral thing um and then you start having because you only have that single violin you start employing plugins and all the rest of it and there's a difference between using those plugins in an effective way to be sort of tasteful and nice and kind of have that charm of like, I'm just operating within my means because plugins software can just open the world to whatever you want. But then to make a whole orchestral thing with that, where you've got like absolutely everything going on, you're probably overextending that and, and it, and it, and it, you start to see through it a little bit. Yeah. Um, and it's about, you know, like shell says, you move up to that next level and then you're like, okay, the 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 world is my oyster i can do anything and that's that's so that's that's definitely something with software that has become so prevalent but then you still need to just rein it in to and be just like, still know, understand to, still understand the limitations yeah exactly and the limitations of something that seems endless so you could just go ridiculous with it yeah um, and, you know i suppose you could be recording drums in your in your deadened basement and be like oh, okay i'm gonna put this like cave reverb on it and it's like yeah that's that probably sounded kind of cool but like it's not gonna it's not gonna do the same thing as recording it in a cave so you need to know those limitations and pull back and not yeah. do too much and it's yeah. like you were saying david's like i'm not you, i'm not like giving you a lesson i know <laughs> yeah. no, no, you're right, so right. <laughs> you're so right though <laughs> and, and to be honest i'll be open to it as well because like, <laughs> i literally I, I do that on a daily basis just kind of like uh, any tips anyone <laughs> no but that's important i'm like i i it, one, it says a lot about the community that you have around you that you feel able to do that. And I think you do have that in a lot of creative communities. I think there's a lot of openness to be able to mm. be like, yo, anyone want to give me some help? Yeah. But it's also, I think it says so much about like 
a creative person's mind I, I always try and explain how like my mind works to like somebody who's good with you know just like numbers or words from what I'm saying maybe not words because if you you know what I mean um I, I try and you just proved your own point with yeah, the words I, exactly I <laughs> maybe try not and, words because the <laughs> <laughs> like you know just trying to explain like the creative mind and and how it like why it's different and that I feel like is like a key point it's like when you're looking at something and you're like okay it's basically problem solving you're looking at something and you'd be like okay I've got serious limitations here I can't achieve what I need to achieve so instead of trying to achieve that result you kind of just go hey everyone but if we all look right and look <laughs> down here this is actually better yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. like I think that's it that's for me that's a good description of how the creative brain works that makes it sound a little bit like a cop-out though I feel like it's not no, that it's you're not. moving away from the thing on the left and moving to the thing on the right I feel like you're just sort of telling people to tilt their head a little bit on the thing on the left no it's just like you're constantly coming up with a different way to get around a scenario that um i don't want to say that people don't notice because that makes it seems like you are copping out it's not that at all it's just that the other option that you're coming up with is can, just as valid and can be just can right. be even better okay, and that's where the uniqueness comes in it comes mm. into it yeah like i i definitely had when, when i first kind of started you know i had i got a, a mild panic attack about oh god like i'm gonna be putting these videos up of of drums and you know i i remember i definitely kind of over when you're talking about plugins and all these things that can kind of really help you and stuff and mm -hmm. it opens up the world to you, you know, I was at first, I remember going like, okay, well I need to shove this on and then I need to do this and that because I was kind of too scared of showing like what my room actually sounded like. And I was like, I, I need to, I, I need to make sure that it sounds open and big and, you know, very bright. So that way, you know, when people are, are looking at me, they, they don't think that I'm just going to play dry drums for them and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And I was like, but everyone who, every musician who looks at that is going to see a soundproof box under the stairs in your basement. And no one's going to be thinking, oh, wow, that natural, how does that room sound so big yeah. and open? It's kind of like, you know, that's the thing, like, because people, you know, they're generally not stupid, you know, I say yeah. that. But like, you know, most people, <laughs> I think most people on a person to person basis can generally be fairly intelligent. And, yeah. and yeah, like, it's that thing of people can sense when you're trying to, I feel like when you see someone being themselves, kind of when, like when you meet someone and you're like, you are, this is just you and this mm. is kind of who you are. And you kind of embrace that person a little bit more, especially when you see, you know, when you see someone completely alter their personality around, depending on who they're around, you're a little bit yeah. like, okay, you're, you're kind of at arm's length because I don't know what you're like around me. And then yeah. when, when someone is completely genuine and you can tell like, this is exactly who you are, you kind of warm to them, kind of no matter even if that kind of personality trait is something that might traditionally not, you know, it might bother you a little bit, as long as that's kind of who they are, you're a bit, you know, and okay. I, I feel like that translates to when you hear artists and bands just be who they are, you know, it, it sticks out a mile and you kind of, you're really warm to that, I think. Yeah, I think totally. We've spoken about that a few times on the podcast, haven't we? Well, it's like you, you, you even, you know that that's what humans prefer because if you just look at the whole like marketing land of social media mm. anything that is like natural speaking to the camera even sometimes things that like acknowledge the fact that you're like doing an ad yeah that that form of naturalism makes people respond 
like a thousand times more than like a, you know a, sh- a shiny ad where like yeah it was like you know the, the whole Oatly branding <laughs> to go yeah. down a slightly different well, route. It's just yeah. it's, it's that thing in it. It's the wazzy, the woozy. It's like the the thing that you can't grab that is mm-hmm. like so inexplicable, but just sends you just slightly off. Mm. You're like, oh, there's something not quite right there. Mm. What, what's the, that, is it the Uncanny Valley? Is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah, thing, yeah. It's yeah. Alex's favourite word. It's weird. It's not my favourite word. It's just a <laughs> film term, isn't it? Yeah, so it's your favourite word. <laughs> it's two words. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is, though. With the Uncanny, Uncanny Valley. You're just like, you don't know what's wrong, but there's something wrong. Yeah. Mm. Well, you'd, I think you'd rather someone be a dick, but be genuine. Yeah, 100%. You know? because um, you, and you, you can relate to it more. Yeah, I think when you meet people who are like who are like that, but you're like, okay, well, at least you're not trying to you're not trying to adapt and change who you are just to be around me. Like, and and yeah, I think I I always love people who are like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's that's something that I always want to try and be. You know, I'm kind of like, okay, you know, when you can feel yourself the urge to kind of like, okay, maybe I should not say this or be like this because I'm about to meet this person, mm-hmm. and it's so hard to try and fight against that at times. I think because naturally i think it's it's almost like a survival instinct you want to like blend don't you you want to be able to like fit amongst other people but you kind of forget that it is that thing of i think people do respect you a lot more and you know they they enjoy your company a lot more if it's like you know he or she is just that's who they are you know you just you you love those people really don't you Yeah. yeah exactly yeah Go go on. You were gonna do something. You I gonna... was. I was gonna say like just just since we were like talking about social media for a minute. Um, oh, Dave, no. have you ventured down the road of TikTok yet? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> as in, as right. in, do you mean like watching or have I done TikToks? No, have like I know you've Either. watched TikToks. Don't don't even try and lie to me and say you haven't. <laughs> They're called reels now. No, no, no way. I don't really understand Reels. Is Reels just Instagram's version of TikTok? I think so. I I mean, I don't, I honestly, it's so weird. (laughs) Like, this is the first thing that has made me genuinely feel a little bit old. Like, and it's weird because I'm 28 and I'm kind of like in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm that side of 30. So I shouldn't Mm -hmm. probably be feeling that. But then Mm -hmm. like, I'll watch someone just like dancing on TikTok or something and they'll have like, you know, just five billion views and likes or something and yeah. i'm just kind of like this is this is just what? beyond my brain yeah. i am like stan right have you seen that episode of south park where stan wakes up and he's 10 or he's 11 and it's his birthday and he puts the radio comes on and then it's just fart noises right <laughs> and he's like what the fuck is going on and then <laughs> and then he's like guys can you hear this and then it like and he plays them some like all the rest of them who are a year younger than him and they all hear music and they're all like yeah this is really good and then it goes and then it goes back to him and it's just like <laughs> <laughs> Right, this is <laughs> I is me with TikTok. As if you right? just actually done that on the <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to make myself feel young. But like this is me with TikTok. Shell's there laughing her fucking ass off in like she's just lying in bed, just like <laughs> like just laughing uncontrollably. And then she's like, Look at this and I'm like, Okay. And then she shows it me you and it's like not to like it. And I do not pre- I I just don't get it. It's a pride like, thing. I'm like, yeah. That is my, that is that is funny. Oh, it is sometimes <laughs> really funny. But the reason why I ask is because when I look at your Instagram feed, I'm like, that is like the perfect Instagram feed to convert into a TikTok feed. You know what? It's like your half time so, thing would do bits. Yeah, on it's right. just so it's like so perfect. I'm sorry. I like that's it's it's very raw for me. The the half time thing at the minute because yes, <sighs> yesterday I spent 
uh, I spent so long basically getting a little like, cause it's so stupid. Cause they're the most like stupid 60 second videos. And I, and, <laughs> but, but like, and I, and I meant them to be that way. I was like, this will be a stupid way for me to basically uh-huh. say to people, Hey, look at these drum sounds I can get, you know, yeah. but so just, God, just, be- sorry, just before you get there, oh, sorry yeah. to interrupt, but just before you get there, because I'm just very aware that my mum listens to this. So <laughs> as a drummer, can you just explain what halftime is? Um, yeah, probably not effectively. <laughs> that's that's, that's going to be a limitation for me, and there's going to be a lot of maybe drummers listening to this who are just going to hate me. Um, but essentially, for me, it's it's just it's it's a groove thing. So, for example, if you have um, so an example would be um, you make my dreams come true by Hall and Oates. Cool. So you know, like the rhythm in that is kind of going, you know, gunga gunga gunga. Well, I want da, da. yeah, it's kind of yeah. that feel. And then for halftime, I'm basically um, pulling that backbeat back. So it's kind of going... So it's basically falling... groove, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of the backbeat's falling on beat three of the bar. Sorry, anyone who's listening, if that's wrong. But yeah, instead of like the... Instead of the snares coming on two and four, in my head, they're coming on like beat three of, of the bar but that's com- probably completely wrong but yeah it's, no, no, no. it's just no, a so, so, if, thing, if, yeah. so if you are if you are at a gig and you're just a, a muggle watching it's yeah it's where you it's where you clap in it yeah yes. basically yeah exactly oh you just want to go really <laughs> slow and like uh. <laughs> yeah it was you know what it started out um it started out where was it in like a sound check at a gig i played a couple of years ago and yeah. um i was literally there was like music playing, you know, uh, on the speakers. Some guy was testing the speakers and I can't remember what song it was. Um, no, yes, I can. It was wake me up before you go, go. Um, and, <laughs> and literally I remember just started playing like a halftime shuffle over the top of it in sound check. And I was kind of like, okay, that would be kind of fun to record or whatever and do that. And I think that ended up being the first one I did, uh, in the studio. Um, but yeah, it was just like a stupid little thing that I was like, this might be kind of fun. But sorry, Taking getting back to songs and making them halftime, changing the groove. And, yeah, yeah. But the only downside to that, and it's it like it took me a while to figure out, is that Instagram has a lot of copyright laws with uh, labels. Oh, yeah. Oh. So as of yesterday, because I tried to put one up yesterday, uh, there's been five that I've worked on that have like been taken down. Oh, and um, no. oh, that you didn't know about. Uh, that you know, they they literally as soon as you put it up, about five seconds in, they're like, "Your video has been removed because of this or right. whatever," and it's like, so I've gone from being like, "Oh, this will be like a nice, like stupid idea or whatever to put up," to like a day's work and me just like screaming at my phone, just being like, "Why?" Just like, <laughs> oh no, just like yeah. So it's it's I I kind of started because of that. I've started doing them with people now. Um, I'm kind of building them from the ground up. So just doing sixty second versions. So I did one with a few people that I play with, kind of like Natalie McCool, uh, Steve Parry, Joe Smithson, uh, Connor O'Shea. They jumped on. We did a version of Harvest Moon, which was really nice. And obviously then you're not having to worry about copyright issues. And also it's a nice way to kind of collab with people yeah. in certain ways, you know, and it's it's very kind of... Um, yeah, again, I try and stress to everyone I'm sending them across, like, this is not serious. Please, like, just have a bit of yeah. fun with it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I started doing that. But not that. so much work, so much more work's involved for the sake of that video. I know. And 
Yeah. Damn it. Well, all the more reason to go to TikTok because you won't have those problems over there. Do they not? Do they not have any of that? Well, on on TikTok, the whole premise is that you do something to the music. So, like, you could play the song and then be doing. Oh, saying that the song would already have the drums on, so you'd have to have the song without the drums. Oh, I don't know. Look into it because I think that would be a niche. Yeah. You might have just got me into TikTok. I don't know if you've managed to do that, but like that's kind of distressing. But if that's what it takes, I'm, I'm yeah, I'll convert. But no, I actually, because a lot of the songs, one of the funniest things is that they have the original drums in them because I'm just literally playing on, a, you know, a, the original track. So oh. it's quite fun to like play off the original drums at times. Uh, oh, and you can kind of work within those. So that might not be a bad shout. I wonder if Reels does the same thing or is it just TikTok? No idea. I literally, I, I, I was like, right, you know what? Yesterday I was like, I'm going to beat the system here and I'll post 10 second increments of this video on my Instagram story instead. And I was like, that'll show him. And then literally <laughs> like I posted it and then I, I was like, yeah, like five minutes in, I was like, I've done it. This is great. And then it was like, it's been removed. <laughs> yeah. oh, bastards. When we were doing, we were covering um, Land of Confusion and like mm. we, it was for Lymph Academy and we had to like document the recording process and there was like right have you ever watched the land of confusion the land of confusion music video no okay do yourself a favor and watch it after this podcast <laughs> you know spit an image <laughs> the the, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's basically just like that but like oh my god genesis well the, the first time i'd ever seen it was when we were doing the song so i like put i put that like a 15 second clip of it up on the story to be like also has anyone seen this fucking video and it was only like a day later when i was going through the stories and i was like oh you know when you just like li- relive in the moment and i was yeah. like that one got removed i was like fuck <sighs> and i'd done it's... i'd done a whole thing i had little emojis on there and everything. like it was really cool oh, it's, hard, it's heartbreaking i tell you what is. um a friend of well friend of ours craig walsh um mm. he does a lot of you know videos of him playing long um a similar thing with me but he's actually been really good and serious and like, like professional. He's, um, <laughs> he's like playing along and he's just doing these incredible, like, you know, uh, play along videos. And, um, he gets, I think the first, he, he used to detune the videos and yeah. that got them around. Um, it got around the, whatever it is, the algorithm. But then I think a lot of the time, you know, he'll just use like backing tracks and stuff now. Mm. Um, but at first I remember trying to like detune all the videos um, and do all that so like remember the first one when i did like the george michael one it wasn't working i think if you probably go back it's probably so bad now but if you listen it's kind of like wake me up before you go <laughs> it's just like it's so detuned because i put it up like five times and then it was right. like that many like tones down before it allowed it to oh, like be put no. up okay. yeah but it's again it's so much effort for just a stupid 60 second video <laughs> yeah i mean that's social media and it just so much for so sort of not, not so little but for such a small bite-sized nugget of well yeah. that's why content. that's why you need to like work smart not hard with it like you know oh, beat the man. system social media chat just fucking kills me but we're gonna we're gonna get craig on the podcast i've reached out we to are. craig as well that'd be oh, amazing i love craig um, yeah it's fun. It's i love you craig a, <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be like uh, so what's the podcast like I'm like you need to refer to last week's episode with dave ormsby around 38 minutes <laughs> um yeah so so just before we move on to the the, the sections the, mm-hmm. what we call smegments because we are still <laughs> young um is just, so you're having to fuse in the same way that like a, a lot of bands have to become small business owners or runners whatever you want to call it you're having to fuse your playing with production right so mm-hmm. it's not just the case of like oh okay i need a drummer let's get dave 
Dave, you just put some drums down and go, I've played it, there you go. Like you have to, there's a, there's a whole level of production knowledge to go along with it. Um, yeah. Has that been like a learning process or is that something that you've been sort of marrying with the, with the drumming anyway? You know, I think, yeah, it has been a, a definite learning process and I'm sure it will for years and years to come. But, yeah. you know, it's a lot of it was kind of just stuff I'd picked up in studios by like, I'm a probably, it's probably a big pain in the ass for a lot of producers, but I, I just hang on over the shoulder in when I'm in studios, like, cause a lot of the times people want the drums down first. So then you've got like an 18 hour day. Then after that, you know, waiting around while people are playing with guitar pedals and stuff like that. And, you know, yeah, yeah. doing all these things, but I've always loved that. Like I've never been the type of person who's gone like, okay, my part's done, you know, unless I have like a gig or another session to get to, I've, I've always wanted to stick around and see how the whole thing is shaping up. And I've just got a genuine, I've always had this, it's such a big interest in like analog gear and being around studios and just saying, oh, well, if you, if you turn this knob or you flick this switch, like what happens? And um, yeah, so I've always kind of, you know, like to shadow producers when I'm, I'm in the studio with them and I'm trying to pick up a lot of stuff from there. And the rest was just YouTube videos. And then, and then a lot of it was just experimentation myself, just sitting at home with like my headphones on, you know, with the kit set up and then, you know, uh, like logic open and then just playing things, tweaking them. And, you know, uh, cause I use a lot of, um, I go through like universal audio stuff. Mm-hmm. So the way that they work, you know, it's, it's, it's similar to an analog setup, you know, as far as it can be digital, but you know, you're going through a console. So you basically, you can be doing a lot of the processing on the way in and committing to it. And I've really come to love doing that because it's, it's very much like an analog brain i think the, when you're working with it so you're going okay i'm going to use this preamp you know this eq this compressor uh maybe gate it and all these little things and that's been a, a really nice learning curve and yeah it's it's weird because i'll go back through you know older projects and stuff every now and again and just you know re-listen to them and some of them will be like oh that was cool like i really enjoyed doing that and how did i do that and other times i'll just have like a mental breakdown about <laughs> i can't believe someone just paid me for this you know <laughs> yeah and i'll just be freaking out so yeah self self-production is it's definitely been a big learning curve and but i'm I'm quite comfortable with it because you know obviously working in the studio is still such like in in a third person studio or whatever you know that's that's something that i still you know obviously love a lot and i really do enjoy that um but i think there's an element of when you're doing it at home you can really kind of get into exactly what drum sounds and you can spend a lot, you know, a lot of time if you have that time to to really kind of dig in and go, okay, well, that doesn't actually work. Let's do this or whatever. Whereas, you know, with with studios, sometimes you are on a very tight schedule and you've got to cut a lot of tracks in one day. And you know, there might be, for better or for worse, there might be times when you've just got to get on with it, and you know, you don't have time to decide, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to go through this compressor, I'm going to do that or whatever. And you know, that's why they have producers who are incredible working in there and they make those decisions so you don't have to but um yeah get, getting the chance to really sit down and and work with with myself and understand this is how this bit of gear reacts when i play this snare drum or you know this mic works really well with maybe this compressor or this eq yeah there's there's loads to it and mm-hmm. it's um like i said you know th- the last six months having having the time to actually sit down and spend days doing that has been been really cool yeah, I think like for me, when I first started working at the studio I work at in, in London now, there's uh, we had like one studio set up with a load of outboard gear and then mm. one studio set up with uh, with the UAD in there. Yeah. And the setup 
with the outboard gear, you're like, all right, cool, we're getting this vocal down. Like it was generally just used for recording vocals. We probably never really record drums. I think I've recorded drums once in there. Um, so you would be putting the vocal through and you'd be going through the EQ, you'd be going through the compressor. Obviously, you'd be going through the preamp and stuff and you get it in and it, and it, and it sounds great. And then you kind of go, okay, a little tweak here and there, a bit of EQ and a bit more compression maybe bit of reverb blah 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 and it, and it sounds good because you've got that that physical thing to be like okay i know that it's gone through all these all this hardware mm. but then with the uad because it's all it's all on on the screen but you yeah. are like you say you're you're not putting those effects on afterwards you're putting them on as you're recording i found myself like doing a lot of that stuff and then being like being like all right cool let's put my usual vocal chain on it and then being like holy shit because you've gone through everything already <laughs> And then it takes you getting used to that um, that way of working to actually go, oh, no, I've got to practice a bit of restraint here because I have already put on a preamp and I've already put in the compressor and I've already, and then I've printed that stuff on. Do you get, do you find that like you, you, how, how hard do you find it to be like, okay, I'm just going to leave that like that and I'm going to print it because that's one thing with like me at the moment is I'm doing a lot of stuff on my computer. Then all of a sudden it's like overload, overload, overload. And you kind of yeah. think, what am I happy to print and just be like commit to and just be like, okay, that is there. And once it's done, I can't undo it. Yeah. Are you, that, are you that, getting good at that? Um, yeah, I, I think I'm getting better. I wouldn't say I'm getting, I don't know if I can say I'm getting like, I am good at it, but, mm. um, I'd say I've, it's definitely just been a constant stream of getting better, I hope. Because, yeah, for me, like 90% of the stuff that I send are just stems for people. So, you know, majority of people, you know, some people are going to want full mixes and, you know, or can you, you know, can you mix the drums for this and stuff like that? But obviously a lot of people, because they're then sending their work to a producer or whoever to then mix it, the producer's going to want the individual multi-tracks and then they're going to want not maybe not a lot of compression or, you know, so they can kind of do it themselves. Yeah. Um, so in, in the beginning, especially working with the UA gear, it was a, I realized pretty quickly, oh, wow, like I can, if I do all of this on the way in, you know, and I know what I'm doing with it, then I can, I can knock out like a load of tracks in one day because that's all then printed to logic. And then all I have to do is just kind of phase adjust and maybe do some subtractive EQ and get quite surgical, take some overtones out, whatever. Um, and then just literally they're, they're ready to go then. Um, and they've got, you know, solid preamps on them, EQs. And if like some people do ask for, you know, compression, they're like, oh, can you just put a bit on the kick and snare? Or if I'm using a certain mic setup, like a kind of Glyn John's mic setup or, um, you know, where I'm not using maybe uh, Tom mics or anything like that, they're like, can you maybe whack a little bit of compression on the overheads just to kind of bring the kit into like a nice balance. So, you know, yeah, it, I had to kind of say to myself, right, you should probably learn how to do this pretty quickly because that way, you know, you're saving yourself a lot of time and you, you yeah. can then do more work and, and kind of get more work in through the studio um, by doing that. Because otherwise, yeah. you know, there was days when I'd just be printing completely raw drum stems or whatever, and then going over to, uh, you know, logic and then, you know, doing yeah, that thing of, and, yeah. And it was taking hours and I'm doing all these things. Whereas, yeah, if I can, especially being able to like save presets as well, um, and like save, um, console settings. So basically just flick it all on and my, my setup from yesterday is, is good to go. Um, so generally if I'm doing a session for someone, I'll do like a little, maybe the night before I do it, uh, something I'll do like a quick, like run through take 
uh, with all the settings printed, listen back and kind of go, okay, well, tomorrow then I need to back off that compressor or maybe I need to change the EQ on that, all these little things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of, I think as well, because I'm, I love analog gear and I love analog studios and stuff, I really wanted to have that kind of feeling of of committing to something and and doing that because I don't know there's something about it that I just really enjoy like I love that I love seeing everything going through compressors and EQs and tape and all that and like mixing down to tape and all these things for certain yeah. projects you know it's yeah. it can be really satisfying and I, I yeah, think something romantic about that isn't there there's nothing yeah. romantic about digital software really yeah it's 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 weird really like when even just on like a ua console opening up like a compressor and seeing like the vu meter and things like that (laughs) moving seeing that it's got a wood like it's made out of wood on the screen i'm like touching (laughs) the screen just just (laughs) stroking it yeah little things like that or you know on a tape machine seeing the reels go around there's this like it is quite romantic and that's why i do love you know i know the ua stuff it can be quite divisive for a lot of producers and, and artists and stuff like that but for me you know in terms of it's the closest thing i can get to working with like an analog outboard studio yeah. in my current setup anyway you know and it's it's been great because it's kind of taught me how to kind of gain stage properly on the way in um what kind of signal paths and what order i should be doing things in um and yeah and and then also being able to work quicker and send better quality things um quicker to people you know um especially if people are you know people do often work on strict time limits as well when they're doing remote stuff where they're like oh like i'm really sorry but can i need this by the end of the day and it's kind of like okay leg it in and i'm not having to sit you know logic for hours you know auditioning different plugins and stuff i'm going okay it's 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 there and ready to go yeah yeah. i've never heard that phrase used before and i literally am going to use it for the rest of my life auditioning different plugins yeah, I that see. is amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's I think that is a UA thing. Like I, I see that crop up whenever they talk about like tape machines. I, yeah. I, it was the same for me. They were like, I'm going to audition a tape machine. And I was like, in my head, I've got this horrible like casting couch like image yeah. in my head. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, send the three o'clocks in. And it's just a load of like, tapes walking in. Just a huge tape machine with legs. Just a really like, nervous tape machine. Just like, oh God, I hope I get it. Like, <laughs> kind of warbly, like when the tape's all a little bit like loose. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know what? Like a couple of things of what you said are going to feed onto the next segment. So I think we should move on to the next segment. But yeah. just before we do, yeah. the expensive thing that I was talking about where I was like, I can't believe you're going to buy that is for, on my account, a UAD that's coming soon. Oh, so, what is it? it's a whole thing it's we're getting into a whole thing we'll talk about it after the podcast because it genuinely is a whole thing and actually it's just not worth any of the listeners times (laughs) (laughs) but but right be be honest though how much have you had to try and justify this purchase to each other um to each other yeah Uh, i'm I'm what this is just speaking as someone who has had to justify a lot of purchases to his girlfriend (laughs) she's very patient and she can see the signs quite early on and she'll just be like (laughs) just just get it because you'll be more annoying if you keep talking about it don't get it yeah Yeah, pretty much you know what i've actually i've got shell and t who when it comes to buying things are the worst fucking people they're they're just like they're like get it what is it and you're like, oh, it's a Ferrari. They're like, get it. And you're like, oh, okay. Um, how so much is it? Uh, it doesn't matter how much it is, actually. Uh, just get it. And like, I'm sat here. I've, I need, I need like ten reasons to buy something. Like, yeah. Like, we'll get into. I'll tell you about it after the podcast. But yeah, basically, yeah. I had a phone call with my dad, and I was like, he's the kind of techie and stuff. And I was like, look, I know you don't understand the audio 
side of it but like just think of this as like your new tv the brand new or whatever you know think of it as just a different bit of tech and i ran him through the premise and he was like it sounds to me like you're just trying to get sort of positive reinforcement to buy this thing <laughs> yeah. i was like i really am because i know that it's the right thing to buy but it's like it's expensive oh man i'm i'm all about positive like i'll i'll like ring my nan just feel like hey nan <laughs> like long time no speak but i really want this thing like should i do it like do you think this thing's pretty oh yeah it's got pretty lights yeah oh just, well sick like emailing like my english teacher from like 10 years ago or something <laughs> being like uh yeah so hey nice nice to catch up but i, I need I, some I, adjectives to describe this yeah there's this like vintage snare drum and you know steve gad used it on this track and i think it sounds great so i think that means i should get it you know like <laughs> yeah no, I'm, I'm, I'm i'm the same with my dad he's you know my, my parents are like literally like the most understanding humans of all time um and and like they and they always have been but yeah it's i think especially with the ua gear because you know it's it's, things like that are expensive commitments you know and you know when i kind of first looked into it i remember speaking to him and uh i'm very lucky that uh you know as soon as i kind of as soon as they sense that like oh this is something that can help you career-wise or will help like this studio or will help you as a musician and it's not just like a a vanity it's not just a toy it's mm. not just like a oh i want this because it's going to look really nice in my studio or whatever yeah it's because like you know as soon as they kind of they're like sharks with blood like as soon they can sniff that out a mile away yeah. and as soon as they do they're just kind of like yeah like just 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 get it like you know it'll if it helps you kind of thing yeah yeah um with with that in mind we'll move on to the first meg yeah um, yeah do you do out by oasis why don't you just go on the air is there any chance you can say more Ed like what's your plan b all right cool so this is called what is jack gonna do when he's finished with the drums uh this is our segment <laughs> on just stupid shit that might happen to you or that might be said to you or that you've experienced uh, through working in whatever creative industry you work in but since we're all musicians music and it's based on you know do you know jack bachelor don't no, think I don't think so. Well. No, he was he was a drummer in our year at, at uni, and mm. um, he uh, his grandparents say to his parents when whenever they sort of hang up on the phone, you know, I was you know having a little catch up. They'd be like, "Oh, well, what's Jack gonna do when he's finished with the drums?" <laughs> and Jack has now gone and done a masters in the drums, <laughs> I think. Um, so you know, I'm sure you can relate, but. Um, I think the gear the gear conversation was a good one for that to be fair. It definitely was. I've got a little one and it's actually based on Dave. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I think it is anyway. Yeah, I think it is. Okay. But I and it, it it's it's a it's another gear one really, but okay. I reckon listeners but will be well interested to know that this is a thing. Yeah. So, Shit. did you know <laughs> did you know that you can get a stool that vibrates to the oh. beat when you're playing? That is... I think Dave told you about that. No, Dave's got that seat. I do have that seat. It's literally in my studio right now. <laughs> is it a metronome seat. seat or something? No, so it's... Um, if it's the one that I think you're talking of, so there's a company called Porter & Davis that make these stools, and it's called... Um, oh, what's this? It's called Tactile Monitoring. So right. it's quite cool. So basically, you hook up through um, a speak-on cable your, your stool to a box which feeds into your uh like your kick drum mic it can be any mic but you know generally it's you know you do it from your kick drum mic and then it takes the frequency it takes the sensor from the frequency and it vibrates the stool so basically 
it's really weird. Like the vibrations, the way it works, it goes up your spine and your inner ear or your brain confuses the, the, uh, the vibration for low end frequency. It can't tell the difference. So when you're playing like a bass drum, it's kind of like you're feeling it in your head. It's kind of like you're sitting on top of a big sub. That is so fucking cool. So it's, yeah, that. it's, it's, it's amazing. You know what? It is amazing as well, especially if you haven't got amazing monitoring or even if yeah. you do, you can feel it. And obviously you get bleed from like things like the bass and stuff. Mm. So you can really lock in, uh, in that kind of way. And it's weird because to try and explain it, it sounds like one of those kind of toy purchases that I was talking about before, <laughs> but it's genuinely, especially like in the studio so and helpful. stuff. Yeah. Like it's, if you it just, you feel exactly where you are in the beat and you know it's yeah i i really like it i think it's it's really cool they're a really cool company as well like the, the guys who uh i think they're based in they're based in the uk um i can't remember but it's you know it's quite it was quite a small operation and they obviously blew up and a lot of people like the products but they do ones for key keyboard and uh other musicians it's like a platform that you stand That's on sick. yeah i heard about that yeah and the whole thing like vibrates so i don't know what, how that would be but that sounds cool as well i kind of imagine it being and obviously it is nothing like this but i kind of imagine like it's like putting your drum stool on a waterbed and then, <laughs> and then just like going and being like what the fuck? and then i kind of imagine that for the keyboard player it's a bit like surfing you know, <laughs> it is like it's bizarre at first and you can dial in like more or less and all these kind of things right. so you have a lot that's of control cool. over it so it can get weird like if you're cranking it and stuff it can be like oh my god that's bizarre it's but that's actually um, in your bones <laughs> yeah like i i've i've used it you know on you know touring and stuff like that you using it it's, it's weird because it's quite it's a heavy soul and the um the box it, that comes along with it is this big massive cube of a flight case that weighs a ton mm. um and it's so like but every time you set it up it's so worth it because like especially if you've got like in ears or anything like that it's kind of like getting punched in the head every time you like hit a bass drum <laughs> nice. but in like a nice yeah. way and it's um yeah, I, oh, I I love them. It's such a kind of guilty pleasure, but yeah, they're really cool. Does it ever work the opposite way around? So when you're, so say for example, when you haven't got a sound engineer and you're, you guys are like manning all of the sound yourselves, does it ever kind of like, what's the, like, what's bite you in the arse when like you think you're getting loads of low end, but actually out front there's like nothing at all. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, man, this sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's like, it's like an EDM concert or something yeah. and out front. It's just, there's just yeah. nothing. There's just treble yeah, coming out. Yeah. yeah. It's, it Don't is ruin weird. that for him. In his sorry, head, he's sorry. like, all these gigs have been absolutely amazing. It's like, I've been amazing every single time. And just like, yeah. Uh, yeah, it is, it's, it is weird because yeah, if you're, if you're working through a pretty, you know, skinny kind of system, things like that, I feel like that's when it's, it's the most useful because, you know, if you are doing bigger venues and stuff like that and you've got great monitoring and everything, then you probably are going to be getting subs hitting you and stuff and you're feeling all that. Uh, but yeah, when you've got, you know, two tops and no subs and, you know, there's like one wedge at the front of the stage or something. And yeah. when there's no monitoring, you maybe haven't got any ears knowing like, okay, this is where, the backbeat is and it kind of makes you quite a lot it's really confident when you're playing and that's why i use it in the studio quite a lot because i like to track uh sometimes i like to track through you know quite neutral sounding headphones that so when i'm um eq and everything putting everything in i'm not you know overemphasizing any kind of high or low end or whatever so having that there is quite good for when i'm tracking because i might not be able to hear a lot of the low end through very kind of flat headphones or whatever but you know, uh, feeling it is really important, is really cool. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. But it's really good for when you're doing your slipknot covers with your double kick pedal. And you're oh, like, mate, that's, <laughs> that's the next half time coming soon. Coming, yes. coming soon to an Instagram platform. You know what, you. though? All those blast beat things that are like, if you half time that, you're just going to be like, <laughs> 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 uh, I got a little one, but Dave, if you've got anything that you want to bring to the table, shoot. Um, I was just trying to think. Are we looking for like weird, like weird things or things that people have said? Is it just right. more quirks? E, like either, but I want to know what's weird. <laughs> so like I'm curious. <laughs> I can't, you know what? I, I can't think of a lot, a lot of like super weird things. I think it is just like a general, it's, it's, it's weird. It's, it's almost like, it's almost become like a cliche thing to say as a musician, you know, when people kind of say, oh, you know, oh, do you have a real job and all that kind yeah, of stuff? Yeah, It is, it Mind is kind these. of, yeah, it is a weird one, but I think, I don't know, like, I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm very lucky because kind of my parents are super supportive, like my girlfriend's incredibly supportive and mm. um, it's, it's, it's very lucky. I remember kind of having to go when, when we first moved into the, um, when we first moved into the, the house that we're in now and set up the, the studio and everything, wanted to go next door and just clear it with the neighbors and be like, just so you know, like this isn't, you know, I'm not going to be playing drums all night and if it's an issue or whatever, like let me know. But and they, were, they were so cool about it. But it's... Um, it's it's weird like you i don't know sp- speaking to them and um and chat to them and they're going like you know oh, so you know what you do and you're kind of like oh I'm, I'm a drummer and they're like okay and you can't they're like waiting for more the you know oh yeah, yeah but then you know i also do this on the side and all that kind yeah. of stuff yeah. so yeah but i think like i said before i think a lot of the time for so many people it they don't it comes from this very innocent place doesn't it it's yeah. almost like a caring place about like oh, okay but you know how You're are you right, paying you? rent? Like, how yeah. are you yeah. buying this <laughs> I think what would be funny with that, if you're like, oh, hi, I'm your new neighbor. I just thought I'd introduce myself. Okay, oh, what do you do? I'm a musician. Oh, 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 um, oh, God. What, what are you playing? And they're like, keyboard, guitar, <laughs> yeah, yeah. worst case bass. And you're like, drummer. And they're like, they're like fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish I had a drug addict living next door. <laughs> <laughs> well, At least I'd be quiet. I think as well, part of like, you know, like I said, my neighbors are super supportive. They're so, and like, they're very supportive, especially because they understand that like during lockdown, it was like, hey, so I'm going to be down here every day, but that's so I can like afford to go to Tesco yeah. <laughs> in three months yeah. time. Um, but when I think when they were asking, it was quite funny because I think if, if they're kind of going, okay, but you know, do you do anything else in their head? They're going, do you do anything else so that in six months when you give up on this, we don't have to listen to you playing drums again? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, please, please do something else. Yeah, yeah. I've got a little one which sort of goes on to that. And, it's, and it, came, it comes to mind just because it's something we've spoken about before, Dave. Because um, mm. you do a bit of teaching here and there, don't you? Yes. Um, and I, I, I don't do teaching anymore, though I used to when we, when we were having this conversation. Um, but I do some like extra podcast work. So mm. I'll, I'll come in to, to record a podcast with sort of a really boring boring companies but like i know i hope none of those companies are listening to this and i'm pretty sure they're not just lost but But, you know it's like finance companies um there's lawyers and uh, you know just people with real jobs but then (laughs) i come in as as a as a musician who is doing this because i just i'm like i like podcasting i do audio production and you know they've asked me to do it so like fuck it yeah i'll come and do that but then you turn up and you've got tattoos on your fingers and on your hands and because you're a musician you don't even think about that shit you're just like the world i operate in this is i don't even have to think about this you know it's yeah. just but then you go into like a teaching job or a or an other job and then you all of a sudden become very aware of your own skin 
and you're like, yeah, ah, yeah I'm just going to. So I'm like going to press play with my right hand because it doesn't have a tattoo on my right hand. So I'm just going <laughs> to hit record here. Yeah. Do you, have a, do you still have some of that going on? Yeah. Look, uh, every now and again, you kind of feel them almost like not, they don't itch, <laughs> but you kind of like, it's kind of almost like the Harry Potter scar thing of kind of, you just, yeah. you're very aware in, in certain environments, you're kind of like, oh, okay. I'm the only person who might look like this. So, and, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, really, especially, um, I, I don't know how to describe it really because f- like for, for me um because i was for so long i've I've wanted to you know i've moved towards that kind of more studio based um type thing instead of like a lot of live work as well that kind of goes into it where i think a lot of you know artists if you're if you're touring with them and you're you know you're doing tv work you're doing music videos all that kind of stuff it can kind of work both ways of sometimes you are hired i have literally been told like oh, like you got hired because you've got tattoos on your hands and that right. looks quite cool and that'll look cool in this music video. And it's yeah. kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, cool, that's fair enough. And then you also, you know, there's been times when, you know, you've maybe been turned down for work or something and, you know, it, it could just be because, you know, you didn't sound right, you know, what you played wasn't right or, you know, but there can always be that thing in the back of your head of, was it an image thing? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's weird when that happens, I think within the, like a, the music industry or like a creative industry as well. And it's, mm. it's something that, you know, I've, I've been aware of for a while. But yeah, it's, I think a lot of the times, because I, I, I do a lot of teaching in, um, in schools as well. Um, and I've, I've worked within schools and it is an interesting thing when you're walking in and obviously, you know, if, if you're walking next to a lot of different teachers and stuff and they are full-time teachers, all that stuff, and you're kind of coming in for an afternoon to teach kids drums. And yeah, you do feel like whether it's happening or not you do feel a lot of eyes on you i guess yeah um, yeah well when i was in london i taught in a primary school and i had one kid uh one day come in and be like um and be like did they did they hurt and i was like no they hurt a little bit yeah but you know like it'll hurt it hurts me less than it'll hurt you because i'm a big boy and you're still you know so don't be thinking about tattoos and then they're like, no, yeah, I don't want tattoos. My daddy says that tattoos are, I can't remember the word, but he basically was like, my dad says that tattoos are for scumbags is basically what he said. He didn't say that. He said it in a very kiddie sort of way, but yeah. And I was like, and I was like, oh, oh well, that's not, hang on kid. That's not actually true. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but it's then like, I, this, I okay, today's back. lesson will be about this now. Like, <laughs> yeah. So then I cast my mind back and I was like, oh, actually, I spoke to that kid's dad the week before. So that kid's dad is definitely referring to you, referring to me and being like, you know, don't like don't be influenced by that. Mu- your little your music teacher on a Saturday school or whatever it yeah. was. And I was like, fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's quite refreshing that schools are actually employing people because, you know, back in the day, there was no fu- like even not back in the day, like. 20 years ago there was no way you were getting employed if you had fucking tattoos on your hands if you were a teacher not even then when i first started teaching in schools i was you know covering for um you know a couple of guys that i knew and there was there was one school that um this was before i had tattoos on my fingers on my hands so i just had kind of you know bits of my arms done or whatever and um i got told by the person who i was covering for he said um make sure you wear long sleeve shirts because they were like you can't you can't show any tattoos in this place like the teacher won't have you back and that was maybe eight eight years about eight years ago something like that so it was you know still a while ago but i think then over time like i've been i've i've taught there for like a long time and i've i've gone in you know occasionally and then gradually the the sleeves were rolled up and all that yeah. kind of stuff and then you kind of realize i think i don't know maybe maybe they weren't happy with it but they kept calling me back so 
that's obviously yeah. like a positive thing. But yeah, it is it is weird, especially I think within teaching and stuff, you know, because because there's so many different kind of shoots off into the music industry. You work in so many different things. So, you know, you might work in like private events um, and things like that, where if you're working with um, an agency or something, you know, you're getting put together to, to work these events and there's, there's, there's an image in mind. There is like definitely a style in mind. And mm-hmm. I feel really lucky that I can honestly say like the, the amount of times that my, me having tattoos has ever been a serious and actual issue. I could, I could easily count on one hand, um, which is really fortunate. I mean, I think I, I started getting them when I was, you know, I think I was 18. It was pretty much like a couple of days after my 18th birthday and my mum walked me to the, to the, to the tattoo. She wanted, she wanted Aww. to check it out, you know, which is fair enough, but that was, that was such a lovely thing. Kind of, she came with me and, um, she wanted, I don't know what she was going to do. She like, didn't like what she saw. Like <laughs> I, 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 I probably would have like been, had a word and be like, no, I'm, I'm not into this, but it was funny because I was like, well, I think this might be the first tattoo shop you've ever been in. So I don't <laughs> what know. reference like, point have you got? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't know what you're judging this off. Uh, yeah. I mean, in hindsight, it wasn't a good tattoo shop. And she like, no. with hindsight, she probably should have taken me out of there. Cause yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think cause I've had them for so long. It's the same with, you know, the whole, what are you going to do if drums don't work out type of thing? Like, mm. cause I've, I've been playing drums since I think I was nine or 10 and pretty much since I was about 10 years, about, you know, six months into it, I was pretty open about like, oh no, like this is actually what I want to do. And it's quite hard when a, maybe a 10 year old says that as a parent, because mm-hmm. you're kind of like, okay, cool. You're maybe humoring him a little bit. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think as you know, it just only got more and more and more, like I said at the start, you know, literally just in my head, it's just drums. It always has been. Yeah. And I'm really lucky to have that. But in the same way, I think, you know, having like tattoos and stuff that's always kind of just been a part of pretty much everyone who knows me you know apart from my family there's no one i know at the minute who has has known me without tattoos so it's always kind of been a part you know probably the same as you guys you know it's it ends up being like kind of a part of who you are and you just hope that people just see you as that kind of one package maybe Um, totally yeah but because it is weird because then when people do reference like about your tattoo like especially with hands and fingers and stuff you kind of forget about them at times and you forget oh that is something that like actually not everyone has you know yeah. their hands and their fingers and neck or whatever covered in tattoos yeah. um, well the girl who t- tattooed my hand was like she's she's only got a couple of things on her and then she's has like a like a very kind of vibrant neck piece which is quite mm. big um and she said it was like it's wild going from sort of being someone who could cover up all your tattoos to then all of a sudden just by having one neck tattoo or like me just going from having a sleeve to having the hand as well, you all of a sudden become heavily tattooed, whatever yeah. that means. And then you're like, oh shit, that one thing is just tips, tips you over the edge. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Just like a little, like, yeah, you'll have like a peace symbol on like your pinky. That's like this big and everyone just looks at you <laughs> yeah. like a hell's angel or whatever, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's just, but yeah, yeah, it is. Um, it is weird. I think definitely, you know, society's definitely changed you know a lot more towards i mean i I remember i was in sixth form when i got my first tattoo and i you know there was there was maybe three or four people in our whole year who had tattoos and stuff and and i remember kind of it was it was weird because i remember i had like a little wrist tattoo and that was my very first one but in my head I had like a full bodysuit. Yeah, that's what it yeah, felt totally. like. And I was, I was walking in just like wrist out, just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, just thinking it was like the most badass thing anyone's ever seen. Slightly rolling that one up. Yeah. Just like, 
like, sitting there or really unnatural position. Like, what's wrong with your hand, Dave? You're just like, yeah. well, what's, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with my hand. What are you yeah. about? Yeah, just literally like all my like end of year photos and everything. I'm just, just sitting there like this. <laughs> Holding one hand up. You know what, though? As much as we talk about people stereotyping musicians and like falling into these tropes and stuff, if there is one place on earth that is exactly as you imagine it, it's a tattoo studio, oh right? God, it's either blaring heavy metal or it's blaring hip hop and everyone is sat there all beefed up like it is exactly don't get me wrong the people are great people a lot of the time i mean not always but like they're generally great people but yeah. a tattoo studio is exactly as you imagine a tattoo studio yeah. to be yeah i tell you what i will i will counter that with one thing is uh there's a place that i go in liverpool um yeah. called devil's club which you oh, know right. all the guys are great there and when they they got like a, a refit done around the time that i got uh just before i got my knee done and i have this like distinct memory of going in because it was like a four-hour job and it was just like some of the worst four hours of my life because it was just horrendous yeah, but yeah. um i remember sitting there and the whole way through um they were playing uh these like 80s music videos and they were going on <laughs> youtube sick. and they were playing oh, yeah. um what's the name oh uh who the uh, dire straits and they were playing like all of Dire Straits, like best music videos. So I remember just sitting there with like money for nothing on, on the thing. And because that is a weird music video as well. And I was like, it's so much pain. Yeah. And I was like, guys, can, can we just like put like, you know, like Pantera or something on instead, please? Like I'm kind of like craving, like, because I was like, this is great. But I was just like, I don't know, like it's, it's taking me out of the zone here. Like I need yeah. to hear something it's like that. It's like heavy. a torture chamber, like being yeah. made to watch these 80s music videos whilst you're in like intense yeah. pain for four hours. Yeah. But like I ended up just being so distracted because yeah, they were putting like, you yeah. know, Genesis videos on and all this kind of stuff. And and in the yeah. end, I was like just forgetting about it. And I was just watching these bizarre, you know, like the, the sledgehammer music video and all Love this. And I, was, and I was just like, this is amazing. But who the hell signed off on this video? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I hear your point. And that's a great point. But I raise you the name of that tattoo studio that you said mentioned Devil's, Devil's Club. Yeah. <laughs> which one? Which one is that? Where is it, Dave? It's the one. Um, oh, I can't remember what the street is now. It's, it's in between. Is it Victoria Street and Dale Street's? Um, oh no, it's not the one I'm thinking of. Oh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I can't there's a new one that popped called. up on Bold Street, and I was like, when I walked in, I was like, this place is sick. Yeah, mm. there's there's some really good, there's some really cool artists in there. I've been going to uh, the last uh, place I went to was uh, Joe Ellis in Leeds. Uh, he, I think he run is it? I think it's Sacred Sacred Electric. Um, sorry if that's wrong, Joe, but um, he's not listening. <laughs> I, I, I don't think he is anyway. Whoa, you underestimate our <laughs> listenership. Thank you. <laughs> hey, we'll be when we tag him in it. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, he he's great, and that that was that, that's a really nice vibe that they've got in the shop there. But I I have this image in my head of like, you know, when um, you know those like prohibition era kind of bars in America in the thirties where they had to like switch everything around to look, you know, like it was a really innocent like mm. dry you know coffee shop or whatever and then as yeah. soon as all the people left it's just like all the barrels of booze come out in my head like tattoo shops when as soon as someone walks down the <laughs> stairs they've just got like slayer and everything all the tvs and it's just kind of like sit down and just and, and then as soon as it goes it's like just bright lights and like just disco music yeah. from the same <laughs> yeah candy floss <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well zen yoga music and they all yeah. just like they start meditating off, they take off their bald caps and they've all got like man buns <laughs> should we move on to the recommendation well I was going to say since we are in that recommendation phase I'm also going to recommend my tattooist Bethany Lauren oh, she's incredible whoa, whoa, whoa. before we get there we need to play the jingle e, oh my god who the fuck is Peter Guy who is he lad 
There's the jingle. I just dropped it in. Oh, um, this section is called Who the Fuck is Peter Guy? Um, oh, you'll we'll know ha- who Peter Guy is. Which we will is. have a conversation about in a second. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do it. Like, that's going to be another post podcast one, I think. <laughs> our, our drummer, George Coleman, uh, was pretty pissed off with a few reviews that he got from Peter Guy. So <laughs> we christened this section of the podcast after after him. And it's it's basically just recommending stuff. We're not reviewing it. If it's shit, we don't want to know about it. So, uh, go on, Shell. Sorry. Yeah. So, uh, I I feel like whilst we're in the tattoo recommendation section, you need to go and check out Bethany Lauren on Instagram. She's cool. Uh, She's who I get all my stuff by, and she's actually in Newcastle. She's she's near she's well she's near a Sunderland, but like it's a small little town, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, But she does. She's always like flitting about doing lots of shows. So. Well, highly shows recommend. Shows going on right now. Yeah. Well, no, they weren't. But, but yeah. Yeah. I want to go and see her soon. And who is yours? Yours are all done by Paul, are they? No, I got one. I got a couple by Bethany and a oh, few yeah. by some some bloke in Liverpool. I can't remember his name. Oh. Um, but otherwise, it's Paul Naylor, who's just a fucking bad man. He's amazing. <laughs> Paul also did one of mine. Worst day of his life, I think. He was so <laughs> he hungover. Like, he was. He started tattooing my leg and he was like, I think this was the first like big piece I'd ever had. And he was like, I'm just going to like pre-course this out. I'm like really sick. And to be honest, I was thinking maybe he was just a little bit hungover. But like by the end of the day, he was like, d- did, weren't looking at anyone. He had his headphones in, hood up. And he was just like huddled over my leg. Like I don't think he was hungover. Like, oh, I, I don't think he was hungover. I think he was like, like had a fever. He like, gave me a discount and everything because he was just like, oh. I'm so sorry for our shit I've been today. But like he did an amazing job. But he was yeah. just like, you didn't, no one wanted to be around me. <laughs> He's a gnarly dude. <laughs> yeah, I I remember like the, one of the main reasons that I really ended up loving Joe Ellis uh, was because so he he did the the, the back of my hand and yeah. he was so cool because I was chatting to him for you know like months and we were trying to get a design going together. We had all these things like emails going backwards and forwards and eventually I kind of settled on this thing and I was like yeah I want you know it's going to look like this and this or whatever <clears throat> and he drawn out this design um, and you know it looked amazing. Turned up to the shop and he kind of came over and like shook my hand. And like on the back of his hand, he just, he pretty much had an almost identical, just like plain rose to this. And I remember kind of seeing it and for, for ages, I was kind of like, I don't just want to have like another, you know, like rose on the back of my hand. Cause you know, obviously it's, it's quite a common thing. And mm-hmm. he had kind of done it in a way that I hadn't really seen done stylistically mm-hmm. in a lot of other people before. And I really liked it. And literally I just saw him and he was like, cool, Dave. So here's a design. Should we get you over? And I, I literally just looked at him. I was like, um, can, can, can I have that? and you know like i was so i'd never met him before i was so nervous i felt like such Mm. an idiot and i was just like i'm really sorry i know you spent so long working on this design and you've got it and instantly he was just kind of like yeah yeah no problem let's do it and then like he ended up just like freehanding it um off the the design on on the back of his and he did it and i was like the whole way through i was like i'm 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 sorry like i just (laughs) wasted your time you know and he was just he was so cool about it and so i was like okay yeah i'm definitely definitely coming back i'm here. gonna check him out yeah well yeah, we'll put cool. the links to his instagram account in the uh, in the show notes as well oh, definitely um mm. anything else that anyone wants to recommend i got a couple of little things go for it because uh, n- right now no. no okay i got i got two two things um well actually i've got more than two things but like we'll just i'll just do two for this week yeah. so a couple of weeks ago i said that i would be listening to david lynch's album uh i'm gonna say it's polish night music uh it might be polish night music but i doubt it um and it features another composer whose name i am struggling to get right now so if you just give me a second but i if you're a regular listener to the podcast you'll know that i was setting this as homework for everyone (laughs) because 
Um, I got a bit of a crush on David Lynch and everything that David Lynch does, but every time I consume anything that David Lynch does, I kind of go, huh, that was weird. And I have the same reaction every time. Um, <laughs> so I listened to his solo album um, and I was like, yeah, that's, that sounds like David Lynch. Cool. And then I set this as homework. And you know what? This album, uh, which is with Marek Zabrowski as well, uh, doesn't sound anything like the other album, but it also sounds exactly like David Lynch. So, you know, it's kind of, uh, you know, if you like David Lynch, you're going to like it. Um, and then the other thing that I'm going to recommend is not a complete album, uh, but it's the first two tracks released by Deftones off their upcoming album, Ohms. Um, and it's Genesis, which is the first track on the album, and then Ohms, which is the last track on the album. Um, and it's just Deftones being Deftones to them in the most Deftonesy way, which is, in my opinion, the the best way to do Deftones. <laughs> Okay. If you're going to do Deftones, do Deftones. Go full Deftones. Yeah. yeah. And I, I fucking, they're one of my favorite bands ever. So um, I'm excited. Like there was a point where I was like, oh, are they going to just keep being like Deftones? And then I was like, oh yeah, they are. Cool. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's my recommendations for, All right. for this week. I've, I have thought of one. Go on. So. I'll write this shit down. Um, This week I watched I Hate Susie mm. and it is so fucking good you have to watch it so it's billy piper and i'm not spoiling anything because this happens in like literally the first couple of minutes but basically it carries on from the pl- she's she's a that could she- be a still be a spoiler if it happens in the first couple of minutes all right then all right i won't tell you but it's really really good and the best bit about it is it's really good for women because you're watching the whole thing and you're like, oh my fucking God, I relate to every single thing you're saying. And it's good for men because you can watch that and be like, oh, is that what women do? Because yeah. it, it is. The last episode is fucking brilliant because she... the, the Capital in, F, capital B. The entirety of the fucking episode is brilliant. basically her the day, the day before she comes on her period. And the episode is told from her speaking out loud, which is her normal you know her her being trying to be fit into society and be normal and then her voice on the inside which is her like pmt voice which she calls something else which is brilliant and i was just like oh my god that is literally what happens every single month that is how our life is lived (laughs) so you watch that last episode know that that is how your girlfriend views you all of the fucking time every time she's about to come on a period she hates you right oh yeah yeah. (laughs) it's like <laughs> she hates <Nice>. everyone. <laughs> so I hate. It's called I hate Susie. I hate Susie. Um, where can you watch it? Uh, iPlayer, I think, or maybe Netflix. No, iPlayer. I can't remember. I I I, I teed you up, knowing the answer myself, cool. and then you bottled it. <laughs> what is it? Uh, it's on Sky. It's oh. a Sky Atlantic show, I think, uh, or a Sky drama show. But you can catch. It, it seems Sky. like a BBC show. That, uh, so, it ain't. Sounds something similar to. Um, do you guys watch Big Mouth? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because I've literally just started watching it because I started seeing um, someone sent me, oh, what was it? Someone sent me a clip of, is it uh, Maya Rudolph as um, the hormone monstrous in that? Uh And I became obsessed with that. And I was like, this show is going to help so many kids, uh, like, you know, teenagers or whatever, you know, get, just understand stuff, you know? And like, I feel like, because I've got, you know, a, a couple of very young nieces and stuff. And I was like, having having these kind of shows and films and things out there that kind of sh- make you feel better about how weird you are inevitably going to be at points in your life is yeah. so important 
because um like inside out is another amazing one like i that uh, that yeah. pixar film they yeah. are very different <laughs> very very <laughs> very different <laughs> yeah 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 a mashup of the two of those would be <laughs> unbelievable but i remember like like watching that watching inside out with like me and amber watching that you know we were just like in tears at the end of it and we were like mm. i was like i want every i was like this should be mandatory in like primary schools like kids should yeah. be made to watch this because it like to understand like their emotions and then on the other end of the spectrum big mouth is like mm-hmm. yeah it's it's incredible especially you know it's it's i like that it covers a lot of stuff for for like young uh young boys as well and understanding like the weird shit that they are going to end up doing and uh, thinking mm-hmm. and like and then yeah obviously young girls as well and ha- just yeah like i love anything that just tries to make you feel okay about being weird like about that's being such, human yeah and doesn't doesn't yeah. yeah just doesn't place too much emphasis on trying to get it right and stuff and just yeah it's kind of like you you're gonna do some really stupid shit yeah. like it's yeah. gonna happen yeah. but that's okay as long as it's yeah. you know not dangerous or anything i yeah. remember thinking that when like when i was watching it i was like i fucking wish i had this to watch when i was a kid yeah, yeah. and like i understood what was going on season one of that show i was like is this good no like i think it's good <laughs> and then as we got towards the like we just moved into this flat yeah and i was like i i'm I really want to watch another one, but I don't know if it's good. And then about halfway through the season, I was like, okay, this is it. Okay, I'm getting it. I, 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 it takes you a minute to get on board with it, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. It didn't when take you are me a on board on it, I think it's sick. Yeah. 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 Anything yeah. else you want to recommend, Dave? I was actually going to say, so, um, you know, Matt Berry. Um, yes. So have you, I think it only came out a couple of days ago, but he's got a new album out called Phantom Birds, I think it is. Cool. And you know, I've I've been like a fan of like the music he does since um since do you ever watch Snuffbox when he did that? No, but I know it. I didn't yeah, it. He, he did like a lot of music, I think, in that, and then uh, Toast to London doing all like the musical bits in that and stuff. Yeah. And I just love that he's he's such an incredible musician, and it's weird because he's obviously a great actor and he's very well known for that as well. But yeah. he's also a very like serious, very very good, and like he's not just kind of like, oh, I play a bit of music on the side. Like his, his knowledge of, you know, like gear and instruments and recording and stuff, I think from what I've seen seems to be incredible. So he takes it super seriously, you know? Right. And um, there's a, a, a drummer that I know who played drums, that Craig Blundell, who's an amazing drummer. Um, and he, um, yeah, I was just chatting to him about it the other day. And it's, it's all very kind of 60s and a little bit kind of psychedelic in places and stuff, but it's, it's, it's recorded really well. And it sounds really cool um so yeah i would definitely recommend checking that out that album because yeah it's uh it's very very cool sick that's carrying on the theme with the david lynch thing of people who aren't musicians making albums and i suppose the difference is that matt berry sounds like he knows what he's doing (laughs) 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 i think the charm with the david lynch one is that he does not (laughs) he's like i just like these things and i'm gonna make sound with them and you're like cool david you carry (laughs) on you go on you do that and i'm gonna i'm gonna buy it (laughs) (laughs) kind of really similarly along those lines obviously they know what they know what they're doing but i like the weirdness of it is um the guys from one of the you know jack stratton the guy the band leader from wolfpack um i I know wolfpack yeah he the jack like he runs these things on their youtube channel i think it's called holy trinities and he's basically he'll just talk about his top three of things that are kind of a little bit more niche so um it's like top three 
like session rhythm guitarists or like he did one the other the other week i think it was it was whenever i saw it and it was like top three studio tambourine players and he was talking about all the guys who kind of That's first sick. did the motown tambourine and were That's like cool you know they started off kind of just like okay i'm sound checking and then dancing in the street comes on and they're just like you know and it like you know it's it's all printed with the band and it's kind of like okay well we got to keep it now you know and it obviously became such a big thing but yeah he he does a lot of those and he covers uh a lot of you know musicians and arrangers and these studio guys who you know you can guarantee you know i'd not heard of pretty much 90 percent of them you know um and it's so interesting because again like i love it when you see people talking so passionately about uh, such a little niche subject and it's kind of like it's it's showing those people a lot of love because you know they've obviously contributed massively you think about the tambourine player or you know the tambourine players on motown records they're equally like not thought of but also thought of all the time because it's such an iconic part of it and yeah i think they're called holy trinities on youtube and there's only a few of them but they're they're really fun to watch oh i'm gonna check them out yeah there's a thing i've seen with um a composer called Johan Johansson. He doesn't do much of this stuff, but it was just, I, th- I think it was an Instagram advert. So it was like advertising something that he's done because his, um, so he passed away a couple of years ago. So there's, there's a lot of like remembrance stuff coming out about him. And there's a little clip of him and he's like saying how much he, in a, in a lot of what he does, he still loves to have piano there to like root things in the real world. Even when he's doing these like mad spacey soundtracks and stuff. And uh, he's like really fixated on this one note, this like high note on a piano that's just like ding, ding, ding. And he's like, it's, and he's like talking about how gorgeous and sumptuous this like one note is. And he's like, you know, you play this, you play the whole arrangement without it, and it just it's nothing. And they give you a little clip, and it's like it sounds incredible, and you can't even fucking hear this. That this <laughs> thing is missing. And then he's like, and now you play it with it, and you still can't hear it. <laughs> but he's like, look at how much better it is. Just oh, I like, love that. I have no idea what the fuck I'm yeah. listening to right now. <laughs> yeah, I literally, I like, I'll have, you know, there are certain people, especially within like, you know, the music industry, you'll have these conversations with about, you know, be chatting about like, like me and, um, like mentioned it before, like Mike Halls um, and, you know, uh, like Ross as well, the drummer from uh, Clean Cut Kid, you know, uh, I can talk to to both of those for literally days on, like until someone takes our phones away from us, um, about you know the snare wires that Steve Gad used <laughs> on this one Steely Dan track, or you know like the what type of tips the drumsticks that like Bernard Purdy used on another one, and just all these little tiny things. Because yeah. I think you know, like I said, you know I've been passionate about a lot of studio stuff for so long, and I, I love all like yeah like all these tiny little things that might seem insignificant, but when they're a part of like iconic records and a part and become kind of part of pop culture as well you know finding the reasons behind them and how they happened and the people that did them like yeah it's 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 so cool and when you see people who their eyes kind of light up about it as well it's so refreshing because you know the amount it, more often than not when you talk about that to someone and you just see them kind of glaze over yeah. and you're just kind of like oh god like like I've these people them. hate me i'm so i'm, so, I'm sorry <laughs> She does that when I talk to her about film stuff yeah. uh, almost every time. Thing is, and right? I, I love, and now I'm like, I want you to hate me. I'm going to carry on speaking about it just to spite you. I love <laughs> films, but Alex takes the joy out of them. He's like, are a you, joy thanks killer. for tuning in this week. <laughs> <laughs> are you like a pauser, or are you do you wait till afterwards? No, I'll wait till afterwards. I'll pause if if it is a kind of I have to say this now because I'm going to forget it. And and also <laughs> if I think if I think it's going to be like 
this is going to enhance her viewing pleasure, which it never, never, ever does. But it enhances my viewing pleasure knowing it. So I think, <laughs> well, she needs to know this. Um, but I, I, I would pause 2% of the time. Right. I don't, I'm not really a pause. But then yeah. don't, on the way home after the cinema or whatever, we are getting it into it. Which sometimes just takes the joy out of it. Just enjoy it for what it was. Do you know what I mean? Just be in the moment. I am enjoying it for what it was. Oh, let's not go there. <laughs> so there's a thing that I love now where on... Because um, I, 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 I think I do a similar thing. Um, I think it's more like trivia. Like mm. I'm, I'm obsessed with it. Like whenever I go see a film, as soon as I get home and I'll like, if I get into bed or something afterwards, I'll be on like the IMDb trivia part of the film. Because I just <laughs> yeah. want to know all these weird little things about the film. Yeah. And it's become this one on, I don't know if you're on it, but like the, on the Lord of the Rings Reddit page, right. there's like become a thing because, you know, there's like this one scene where, um, where Viggo Mortensen boots like a helmet, like an orc's helmet uh, in one of the scenes and he broke his toe, I think, as he was yeah. filming it. Yeah. And he's, oh, the shit. scream that's in the film is like him actually screaming because he just, he broke his toe. Oh, uh, shit. And it's become this thing of like, so many people were like quoting it as like a bit of trivia, like, hey, did you know this thing? And trying to, you know, seem like they knew above everyone else that now mm -hmm. if you go onto like some of those Reddit pages and there's like anything about a Lord of the Ring Rings film, you just have just pages and pages of people saying, hey, do you know Vigo broke his... Like, okay. <laughs> and, but then saying it about like other films, like they'll look into like an episode of Doctor Who and be like, hey, Vigo broke his foot in this, in this scene or something. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Oh, that is so fucking meta. I would never like yeah. even get onto that. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. But no, I'm, I, I, me and um, Joe, Joe Smithson, um, we, we do that. I think we're very much like quite nerdy about film trivia. and We, we like knowing about it. And yeah. I think there's like, there ends up being, it's not like a competitive thing, but when we see each other and we're talking about a certain film, <laughs> like if like me and him are driving together or we're like just having a coffee, you can see both of us are like, like, okay, right. I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say that the thing that he's probably going to say, and like we'll talk about <laughs> something that happened in the written like Empire Strikes Back. And then like, you can tell like when one person says it, the other one is kind of like, yeah, I did see that. And inside they're like, fuck you. Like I was about <laughs> to say that. Yeah, and you're going, yeah, I know, yeah, like, like fucking, what is it, Bob Morton's train guy. You're like, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, yeah, I know, yeah. I know. But then on the inside, you're like, I didn't fucking know that bastard. I hate you forever. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I love that. Like, again, like, yeah, Joe's another of those people that you can see, like, yeah, when it comes to musical films or anything like that, he's one of those other people that the eyes kind of light up when you'll talk about these little things or whatever and it's kind of like okay yeah we're going to be here for the next like four hours <laughs> yeah. Yeah. joe is someone actually we should get on the podcast because i'd love to get into like his songwriting and his technique mm. he's so brilliant yeah conversely the way i that? said i love craig i hate joe yeah, and, I, and, cool. and i want him to hear this and i want him to i want you to, <laughs> I want you to play this back to him when he comes on the podcast Sick. We'll clip this in social media. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, literally. Just don't even release the podcast. Just just release this and tag him in it every day until he's on it. <laughs> That's what the kids do, innit? They social media it. That's yeah. right, fucking old know, fart. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, let's leave it there. Let's leave it with your hatred of Joe because <laughs> that felt like a good place to leave it. Dave, thanks very much for coming on the pod. Oh, thank um, you for having me, guys. And it, if people want to follow you and check out what you're doing at the basement or, you know, get in touch with you to, to work with you or just follow what you're doing, um, is Instagram the best place for that? Yeah, just at Dave Ormsby. Um, there's links to my uh, my websites on there. But um, if you wanted to just go straight there, it's just www.daveormsbymusic.com. And um, yeah, there's just all sorts, whether it's the basement or, you know, just to get in touch, anything like that. It's it's all on there. But um, yeah, in Instagram is just, it is the way, isn't it? 
wicked yeah. so if you if you head to dave's uh, website put in the offer code <laughs> i hate joe and you'll get a free drum solo yeah mixed and mastered not not limited to one either i will i will do your entire album i will do your whole back catalog <laughs> so mum get on there get yourself a free drum solo right joe's <laughs> mum get on there and send me that right now jane do it i know you want to <laughs> Wicked. Thanks again, Dave. Um, uh, go and check out everything that he's doing. Go and uh, keep up to date with everything that's heading, uh, heading on, going on on our uh, Instagram and Patreon. And remember, too much sauce ruins fries. Mm-hmm. Because, right, I'm going to stop recording. It really does.